welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their riveting hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 116. I'm sorry about that. That is not a professional way to start a podcast. Um, <coughs> this podcast was going to be brought to you by Panera Coffee, uh, the free version, but <coughs> it about cost me my life. Oh, okay, let's try this again. Hi, um, this is Travis. Welcome to the show. I hope that you're having a great week. This episode is brought to you by Free Panera Coffee. They had a program a while back that my wife and I signed up for uh, where you get three months of... <coughs> Three months of coffee uh, for free. All you have to do is just you know sign up and then remember to cancel. We remembered to cancel, but then they said we'll give you another three months. And so I think we're on like month actually number seven. We tried to cancel again, so we're, we're not going to pay for this this program. But we love free coffee. So anyway, I thought I'd let you know about that in my intro here. And this uh, this little cup just about took my life. But I can't think of a better way to go than choking on a cup of coffee. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> hope things are going well for you guys. Hope that you're having a great spring. We're going to jump into it with our guest here in just a second. A couple things. If you haven't left a rating or a review and your podcast player allows you to do that, would you hit pause for me real quick? Leave a rating review. I'm trying to grow this show, get more people interested, and would greatly appreciate you promoting it that way. Or if you would care to share uh, one of your favorite shows, whether it be this one that after you listen to it or a previous episode, if you would share that through your social media. Uh, man, I can't thank you enough for whenever you do those type of things. That's how I grow the audience. Um, you know, And it, it comes down to you guys letting other folks know that you enjoy it, that you enjoy the hunting stories, maybe you enjoy the spiritual side of it. Uh, whichever the case, I, I just want to say thank you for doing that in advance. Um, my muzzleloader buck video just came out on YouTube. So if you go over to Shedding Light Outdoors on YouTube, look up the, uh, I believe I just called it Ohio muzzleloader from a saddle kind of thing. And um, you can watch the video. It's nothing dynamic. It's not my best video. Um, just kind of, uh, I didn't add any music. It's just kind of raw cut footage. I, I added some different shots and angles and things like that. But it basically tells the story of how I was able to get my 20, uh, 2020 buck. And, um, you know, I was happy with kind of the way it turned out, considering my footage just wasn't a little blurry. Unfortunately, I was using a DSLR, and as the, the buck came in, I did not have my camera in focus. I usually keep it in manual, you know, so I, and I didn't have that, op I just didn't have a chance to get it focused the way I wanted to. And, uh, but you know what, there's a buck down and I have zero regrets. So, uh, anyway, you can go over, check that out on YouTube, leave a comment, uh, like subscribe, all that good stuff. And that is my plug for today. Um, and by the way, Panera coffee is not really a sponsor. If you're new to the show, I, I don't have any sponsors. It's just something stupid that we do on the show. So, uh, Today, we're going to get into it with our guest, and we have a great guest. His name is Matthew McMurray from Bristol, Virginia. Uh, we hear some really cool stories today from Matthew. He's got some uh, good ones from deer hunting to a bear charging story, uh, or at least what, what what was a perceived bear charging story. <laughs> so we get to hear about that, also about the time he almost got knocked out of a tree by a turkey. Um, he's got some good ones, so I think that you guys will enjoy this one a lot. So guys, thank you for coming back for another episode here. Here is Matthew McMurray. 
Oh, by the way, real quick, one more thing before I forget. Uh, there were a couple technical issues in this one uh, where Matthew's mic kind of faded in and out. I've done my best to correct that. So the first maybe 10 minutes, you might notice that a little bit, but it definitely gets better um, as time goes on. So with that said, here is Matthew. All right, joining me on the line is Matthew McMurray from Bristol, Virginia. Matthew, how is it going, man? It's going good, man. I'm, I can't complain. Yeah. What's what's going on today? Anything exciting? Uh, just getting off late from work. Yeah, what do you do for a living? I do landscaping. I work for a company called Everything Outdoors. Literally, we do everything outdoors. <laughs> decks to mulching to mowing to, I mean, whatever you name it. What, what, is, what, your, what is your favorite job to do as a landscaper? Uh, man, that's a hard one because working in it for so long, you really don't have a favorite. You just kind of have something that you kind of want to do better than others, but and I really enjoy mowing. You know, that's something that keeps me busy. And, you know, that's how, actually how I come across your podcast is I got on Pandora one day and I was like, hey, I want to listen to not really music. I, just, I want to listen to something else. And I haven't got enough of it the past two weeks. So. Oh, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I tell you what, my yard hasn't even been touched yet. So if you want to come up to Ohio and mow, <laughs> I mean, I, that'd be a long trip for just a little bit of mowing, man. I have a big yard, man. It's big. It takes me about two, three hours. So, yeah. oh, wow. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad you found the podcast. Glad to have you on it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Matthew. Uh, I am 26 years old. Uh, I was born in Bristol, Virginia. Uh, I think we moved up to Lynchburg for a couple of years uh, in a little town called Pamplin. And that's kind of where I first started hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple of drives and they did some dogs up there. And, you know, I, I really don't remember those stories. I just hear the, you know, the stories that I've been told and it's kind of where it all started. But mm-hmm. uh, I really started hunting uh, back when we come back to Bristol and uh, me and my family, you know, my dad, they got a piece of land off of his father, and we've just always hunted it since. Uh, we used to do a trip up to Botetourt County and uh, up in Virginia and hunt for a week during Thanksgiving. You know, with everybody getting old and moving out of the house, we just kind of that was a tradition that kind of faded out. But uh, yeah, it it always uh, you know there's always something to do. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like you were kind of raised in it a little bit there and kind of got more and more into it. Now, did you, was your dad a big hunter? He wasn't a big hunter, but he was more or less what the kids were into. And yeah, me and him, we did a lot together. Uh, we, we hunted all the time, man. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. It was muzzleloader season. I mean, I remember him having an old octagon barrel muzzleloader that we used to hunt with and it, it, it's awesome man you know just going out and making memories with people like that there's nothing better than that mm, that's cool yeah I, I think that's a lot of people's experience so you kind of grew into it a little bit as you go now talk a little bit about matthew uh landscaping you're outside a lot so how does your job you know a lot of times people's jobs affect the way that they can hunt that's something that kind of popped in my head recently is like not not any two people are the same because jobs are different so how does landscaping affect your hunting that's a weird question but i decided to throw it out there well uh now that you say something about it man i mean in a sense it kind of helps it because you know i'm always doing we do almost 150 properties a week that we mow and you know that's a lot of landowners in my eyes yeah. and um, you know, I, I have permission to hunt some of those, and, but you know, I, I stick to some of the 
land that I've always hunted and it, it helps a lot because, you know, I'm always outside. I'm always passing fields. I'm always seeing birds or deer in the field and it gets me pumped up. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's mid July or right at the end of the season. I, it, it's just always, you know, seeing the, the wildlife for yourself and work at the same time. That's you can't get nothing better than that. Yeah. That is awesome. And hopefully your, your boss gives you some time off, you know, from time to time to go hunt. <laughs> oh yeah. We actually hunt together too. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. We went up to Ohio last year and that's the first time that I've ever hunted out of state. Man, I'll tell you what, hands down was a great trip. Um, we went up there, um, hunted in Southern part of Ohio, I believe. Yeah. And my boss, he's been up there a couple of years. He, and, the past couple of years, he's always run trail cameras and have went up there before the hunt and everything. Well, this year was a little bit different. We were you know, real busy and it's kind of a last minute. Hey, you want to go down the uh, Yeah, and of course. And so we get up there and you know, go to check his cameras and the batteries and the memory cards out of two of the other cameras. Were one of the stands was missing. So, I mean, it just wasn't a good start of the week. And I mean, he was ready to go right then and there. And, you know, me, I've never been up there. Like, no, 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 you can't let this, you know, get you down. I was like, we're up here for a week and we're staying for a week. Yeah. And so uh, we get our stands hung and really didn't hunt the places we wanted to either. But uh, two days into the hunt, we woke up one morning and uh, I'd seen a couple of deer. Actually, the evening before, I was getting out of the stand and I got to my bottom step, man, and turned around and my uh, crossbow was still on the string that I had. And turn around, I mean, there was a buck, nice buck, standing 25 yards behind me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? You know, what do I do? And I dropped down next to that tree, you know, get, go to reach for my crossbow. Well, what's on the other side of the tree where the string is? So, you know, I'm shimmying around the tree, trying to get my bow. And just in that, you know, I spooked him off. And <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, that next morning, I, you know, I, I knew where he came from, and I was watching you know, a couple of does fed off through there, and here comes this big deer. And, uh, you know, I, I call my boss. I'm like, okay, there's there's a big in here. And he's like, you know, in his mind, no, they're not. This is probably just a little one. You know, you're just getting that first buck out of the way to see, get the nerves out. And I'm like, no, there's a buck right here. He's huge. And if he'd come into range, I'd shoot him. But he's headed straight for you. And I mean, there's a big trail. We were on the other side of each other on a railroad track. And, his stand was just high enough that the railroad tracks were eye level to him. So he couldn't see anything over on the other side, but I could. So, I mean, I was on the phone with him the whole time. Like, you need to stand up now. You need to get ready. I'm like, you need to hang the phone up and go ahead and draw back. Well, I didn't hear nothing after that. And uh, we had a big powwow on the way up there that if we killed something, we were going to scream real loud. I mean, it didn't matter where it was or what it was. And it, it was his biggest deer. And uh, he, he shot it and it dropped and, he said it was getting ready to get up and take another one, and he put another arrow in it so it wouldn't go nowhere. And it was just a unreal feeling, man, getting to see my boss get a big deer like that. And it, it was great. It was a great time. And oh, uh, I awesome. actually ended up missing a doe on the last season. I waited till the last minute and shot a shot I shouldn't have. It was like a 50-yard shot right over her back. Watched my arrow, the this thing right over, and I was just like, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you got a cool boss there man i mean yeah, the guy he, that invites awesome, you to man. go to ohio and and hunt hunt southern ohio that's where i live man there's some big deer down here oh yeah it's a lot bigger deer than i'm used to here in southwest Virginia. they don't get very big but they get pretty big and that 
you know, that kind of goes into my other, my, my biggest dish story. And I hunt some land where my dad owns, and I've hunted it every year. And there's about a time when I was about 21 to 24, those three years, I didn't really hunt a lot. And, you know, the past two years, I've really got back into it. Um, so I started hunting in a stand, and, well, I hadn't been up there in a while, so it was opening day rifle. I didn't hunt bow then, and, no, I take that back. It wasn't opening day rifle. I found out that stand that I was going to sit in wasn't suitable to sit in opening day rifle, and a couple of days later, I ended up just sitting on the ground, and, man, I didn't get in in time. It was, it was raining, and I woke up, and you know, I'm not going out in the rain, and something just was tugging on me, you know, you got to go, you got to go, you know, nobody else is going to be going right now, so, and I went, and I was actually on the phone with my mom, and a doe came in, and she was acting all, you know, weird and spooky, and I'm like, well, mom, I better get off the phone, here comes a doe, and as soon as I hung the phone up, I just happened to glance over to my right, here he comes, barreling down the hill, you know, I let up a couple of man, and wouldn't stop, man. He's just on a, on a roll to her. And she ended up staying there for, I don't know, another 10 seconds. And he got about 40 yards away from her. And he finally stopped. And, you know, I made a good shot on him. And he didn't go but probably 40, 50 yards. So that was a real big moment for me, getting a big buck like that. Big nine-pointer. Had a little kicker on his brown so it, it was bittersweet so yeah man that's sitting awesome in the rain. I, I hate sitting in the rain too man I mean, that, that's my worst thing i hate getting wet yeah you know, i was kind of tufted out that morning i wasn't there long but you know i tufted it out and sometimes you tough them out and you get the big ones so that is for sure you go out on days when other guys want to stay inside and drink their coffee and i tell yeah, you what for sure it's uh it's tough. I mean, I, I feel the same way about rain hunts, but I, I will tell you this. I've heard a lot of, a lot of guys have had some success in the rain and I've seen some big ones too. And it's just, yeah. it's a, it's a good time, especially, I mean, not like a downpour, it's but like a nice know, light rain. You know, it's like yeah. nobody else is going to be here. So, yeah. you know, the big bucks are coming out roaming around in the rain. So I guess that's, that's a good point, man. Yeah. The other thing I like about that is, especially if I'm getting out of a place and it's raining, I feel like I've, it's covered my tracks a little bit. So yes. it's, it's kind of almost yes. like you, Every hunt that I'm in the woods, I feel like, okay, I've left a little bit of myself in the woods, right? Like there's oh, yeah. a chance a deer is is going to come by and smell and, and be a little bit more cautious next time. But if it's raining, it's almost like, I won't say a free pass, but I, I, I think it definitely helps. Out it helps sure. a lot, a whole lot. I, I'm a firm believer in that as well, man. Yeah. I mean, you sent me that picture and that, that is a beautiful deer. Nice split brow and wide and just... uh yeah, I'd be tickled to see a deer like that. That's awesome. It is, and I've got a couple that are almost just identical to him, man, just yeah. running around the farm that I've been hunting, but they've all went nocturnal right when I started hunting. And that's why I'm going to try to get in both season this year, try to get on them a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I'm oh, hoping cool. to get in on that. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had, you know, some success hunting some deer. And uh, so any other critters that you chase around Virginia? Um, yeah, when I was up hunting by the top, there was a uh, bear season was open up there just kind of a few days during rifle. Sometimes, you know, we may, we may have missed it by a day, but uh, I got a pretty good bear story. My dad killed a bear and a uh, big, big bear. And, uh, so we went up to bought a tot and that week, um, I mean, I was on it killing deer. I mean, I, I, I think I tagged out that week and. Mm. I mean, I was a little bit smaller, probably in my teenager years, about 15 or 16, but I tagged out, man, and 
my dad just was not happy. And uh, he had actually shot a shot at a bear in the beginning of the week, but we tracked it and it wasn't a good hit. I mean, tracked it for miles, man. And he just wasn't having a good week at all. And mm-hmm. um, talking about drives that we used to do, we actually got asked to do a drive and we called it the green farm. And uh, so we all get over there and um, set up and my uncle and a couple other guys are driving them toward us. And my dad set up maybe 75 yards up in a sagebrush field and I'm right on the wood line. And it, it takes probably 10, 15 minutes. And I'm sitting there with the 243 bolt action and I see something kind of get up in the edge of the woods. And I'm not very far, maybe 20, 25 yards from that edge of the woods and start seeing something get up. I'm like, well, that looks like a dog, you know? And I, I wasn't very knowledgeable on what a bear looked like or anything like that. <laughs> so it took about another five yards towards me. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So that's a bear. I was like, what in the world am I? I mean, I'm not very big at all. And I'm standing there next to the tree. I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I, I, I throw my gun up and man, I, I hear my uncle's hollering and I look through my scope and I can see my uncle's orange hat in the scope. I'm like, well, this ain't going to work out at all. So I try to walk down the hill a little bit to the next street without the bear watching me at all. I mean, I was tiptoeing. I didn't want this bear to see me. You know, I was a, a whole lot more scared of it than it was scared of me at that moment in time. And so it, it heard my uncle yell and it kind of trotted up the hill a little bit. Well, I fired off a shot and I guess I was just too nervous. And, you know, I, I was not in the right, you know, I was, I was trying to get a shot off at it. Well, it run up towards my dad and, this is the funny part. Uh, you know, this is kind of transitioning to my my dad. And he, he said he was standing there and he heard a shot. Well, he looked down towards me and all of a sudden, all he could see was a big bear head and shoulders just barreling through the sagebrush field right at him. And, you know, the bear didn't know he was there. And But my dad thought that's what he was doing, was charging him. Well, he had a, a shotgun and, man, he just unloaded, I mean, just out of pure panic just unloaded <laughs> he, he's in the criminal you know he's in the he's a uh, criminal investigator with the irs and stuff and or at the time he was with the state police and he he said he threw a shotgun down and he started stalking it with his pistol like you know it was a, a criminal or something and he yelled at my uncle he's like do i shoot it again and my uncle's like shoot what he's like the bear and he's like what bear and you know, by this time the bear has let out the death roar yeah, and it made the hair on my neck stand up. I was so close. So I can only imagine my dad being, you know, less than ten yards witnessing it, and it, it was it was surreal. You know, my dad it just made his trip, and uh, it made everything. A lot. It, it was so cool. You know, just kind of brought all, all the family together. Him getting that. You know, <laughs> when dad don't have a good trip, nobody really has a good trip at the end of the week. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that drive back it just ain't ain't very good. So yeah, but. Uh, going into the bow story, uh, I was thinking about us hunting on that green farm. Is uh, I actually fell out of a tree stand one time. Oh boy! Uh, it wasn't very high up. It was just a, a hang on stand that was probably maybe ten foot up in there. It was just really an archery stand for, you know, it was a really good stand actually. And and I was looking forward to hunting it, but um, I actually bent down to grab my uh, rope for my gun, and I just happened to. I don't know what it was. I just could not catch my bounce and fell out of the tree while well, I radioed. And I'm like, guys, I just fell out of the tree. And they're like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, the wind's knocked out of me. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go sit on the four wheeler this morning. And uh, so, man, I was sitting on the four wheeler, drinking a soda, talking to my girlfriend. And I couldn't be, you know, 14 or 15 years old 
and just sitting there while well, I look up on top of the hill and here comes a doe and up there I could kill a doe or a buck all week long and man I, I shot that doe sitting there on that four drinking a pop talking to my girlfriend so, <laughs> that was something else man that's funny so sometimes it works out even whenever you didn't don't think it will that's, that's oh really yeah for good. sure oh yeah for sure man that's cool a cool story about your dad too you know i mean isn't that the way it goes it just seems like sometimes things aren't going your way and i i've always said that it, it always i hate it whenever hunting becomes not fun like yeah. whenever you're there and like i mean it should just be fun just being in god's creation but honestly there are just some days that it's, it's not because you want to kill something you want to see something and you're happy for other people you know whenever they get theirs but you it's just hard sometimes for me too. I, I get to that mode where maybe your dad was and then, you know, all it takes is just one second and that can turn around pretty quick. That's what's kind of neat about honey. You just never know, you know, whenever that moment's going to come like that. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was just listening to one of your podcasts earlier about even, uh, uh, your buddy tribe going hunting and you had went out that morning and heard that one bugle. And that's kind of what got you guys going back to get up and go. You know, he had to go back and get him to get up to hear it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. it just, it takes that's all it takes, man. Yeah. I think that's the thing people get into is we get a little too serious about it and then it becomes not fun, but then all it can just change in an instant. You know, I, I told that story a couple of weeks ago about my father-in-law. We had hunted and had birds gobbling in front of us and couldn't get them to, I mean, all they needed to do is take 10 more steps and they'd be out in the open and they were in this thick cover and I couldn't get a shot. And we're almost walking back to the car and, and I just looked down over a hill, let out a call and, and a redhead pops up and I shoot it. You know, it's just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. That, that's awesome. Just moments in life where things can happen all of a sudden. So I think that's hopefully if anybody's in the middle of that right now, you're not enjoying your hunting. Hey, it can change in a second. So there you Oh, go. absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, it sounds like you and your dad have had some cool experiences and um, some things like that. Just let me throw out a question. What, is there anything, you know, hunting related or maybe even non that, that like a takeaway that you can take from your dad that you got growing up? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it, this has stuck with me ever since I was little and it'll stick with me till long after I'm gone. I'm hoping with my kids and stuff, but you know, he, he made it clear that every, for every, uh, action, there's a reaction or for every, uh, action, there's a consequence, you know and I mean? I can't think of anything better that could go with anything. I mean, you think about hunting, if you make a good shot, what's that going to do for you? You know, it'll a good clean kill you know, 15 minutes down the road. If you make a bad shot, what's that going to do? You know, 15 minutes down the road, you'll probably still be sitting in the tree stand thinking if I made a good shot or not. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, and it goes to everything, man. I mean, every time you make a decision, I mean, it could be six months down the road and that, that decision you made then starts that, uh, chain, the, the series of chains or whatever you want to call it, you know, Matthew, are you familiar with, have you ever heard of the thing called the butterfly effect? Yes. Yes. That uh, I was thinking about that the other day. There's a movie, and it's it's kind of a dark and scary movie with Ashton Kutcher. But I was wanting to watch that movie again. I remember watching it, and it affected me a lot because what you just said. It's like I won't spoil the movie or get into all that, but basically, it's kind of like this idea: if you change one thing in your life, like the things that that would can potentially change down the road. You know, if you make one choice a little bit different, you know, uh, you choose to go, you know. Uh, choose to go to a different school or you choose to do this, how it can affect. I, I don't know. That's, that's something I think about sometimes is well, I, I our choices are huge, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it comes to your life choices To I mean, even if, you know, if, uh, I, I mean, it, you just think of anything, man, any decision at all. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a, 
you know, consequences I'm still facing for decisions I made when I was younger. You know, I've, I've got uh, uh, some knee problems for doing stupid things when I was little, you know, that's <laughs> consequences of being. Yeah. I think about going back to like that elk hunt kind of thing. Um, one of the choices that I made going in was I, I contacted a guy to just, you know, I saw, looked up a guy that was going to the same spot that I was going in Colorado and had I not done that, I don't know that I would have enjoyed Colorado as much. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that guy led me to that, that bull that was bugling that day. And without him, I wouldn't have – I mean, I was in the ballpark, but that's, that's what kind of got me going. And, and so, I, I don't know. I just think you're right. I think there's something about that. It's good advice. You know, we need to think about those actions. And sometimes we can just throw a caution in the wind and say, oh, forget it. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. But, you know, that can lead to some pretty bad <laughs> – bad, there's consequences for every action. I agree. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I've got one more story here. I, I just thought of it, man. It has to do with some turkeys. And, uh, yeah. Um, it's again, we were hunting in Botetourt County and, uh, uh, I was hunting this stand called the, uh, we called it Nathan's stand. My, my cousin, it was his. So we just called it Nathan's stand. And, uh, um, my uncle wasn't hunting too very far off from me. And my dad, he was up the ridge a little bit and the stand we called the condo. And, um, my dad, I think he had actually just shot a deer. I was actually getting ready to get out of the stand, and I was walking down the ladder, and uh, I heard his shot. Well, I, I turned towards where I heard the shot. And uh, so, and all, all of a sudden, man, this turkey is coming straight for me. I mean, hits me, and I about come out of my stand. And it, it was a real cold morning. I mean, my hands were numb. That's why, that I, that's why I was getting out now is I was real cold, didn't have enough clothes on that morning. And, man, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it just come right at me. And I, I don't know if it didn't see me, but it must have been coming off the roost. And it, it was something else. And I didn't realize how big those birds are until, I mean, it actually, it come and about knocked me out. Wow. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> crazy. Else, I'll tell you. I've seen videos of those uh, turkeys flying into somebody's car. Can you imagine that? I mean, that just yeah. would scare you to death, something like that happening. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've watched videos of some of these turkeys. Once they get going, you know, they're going at pretty good speed. And just thank goodness. I mean, I, I must have not seen this turkey. It had to have been in a tree real close to me. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't very hard. It's hard enough that it almost knocked the breath out of me. But I was lucky that it wasn't, you know, higher up in a tree or something. And wow. Could have been bad, but. <laughs> So turkey hits you, <laughs> turkey hits you while you're in a tree stand. You could have literally almost like caught the turkey, and you know that would have been a story there, uh, Matthew. Yeah, man. If I'd, I'd have just had a little bit puma like reflexes, I could have grabbed it, you know. And I couldn't yeah. tell if it was a, you know, gobbler or a hen or anything, but that'd have been cool. Oh, so. scare me to death! Holy cow! It did, it did, it's, it, it did something different to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matthew, I've enjoyed it, man. I've enjoyed hearing your stories, and I know that you probably got a lot more, but uh, late night and all that good stuff, I'm going to let you go. But I, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight and listening to the podcast, and I hope that you have a, a great uh, season, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Hopefully Sunday I'll have a bird down Saturday. So. All right. Well, good luck to you. I enjoyed that. Matthew had uh, some really good stories. I appreciate him coming on. I had a, just a quick question for you guys to think about here at the end. What are you planting? You know, here in just a couple of weeks, we're going to get our garden ready. Uh, we already started, tried to rototill it once. My rototiller blew up, so I need to 
buy a new rototiller. Um, <laughs> and been combing through Facebook Marketplace trying to find something there. But, you know, I, I get excited for that. I actually like planting a garden. Now, the hard work is keeping taking care of that garden. You know, you put the seeds in, you cover everything, looks beautiful. God adds the water to it. And then the weed, you know, seeds start coming up. And you got to watch out for those weeds. Um, but eventually, come fall... I'm going to be enjoying some tomatoes, enjoying some beans, enjoying, you know, lettuce and all kinds of things that we, we enjoy growing out of our own garden. Um, the thing is this, I know this, whenever I plant a specific seed, like a tomato seed, I expect there to be a tomato plant. Um, whatever you put into the ground, that's what you're going to get out of it. And the work that you put into it is also what you're going to get out of it. So that brings me to a verse. A verse from Galatians 6, chapter 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, that he will also reap. You've heard the phrase before, and it comes straight out of the Bible. You reap what you sow. So my question is, what are you sowing? Not in your garden, but in your life. Uh, Matthew is the one that brought this up by saying, there is a consequence to every action that you take, either a good or a bad uh, consequence. And sometimes we know what produces good uh, consequences, sometimes we know what produces bad consequences, and sometimes it's a decision that we're not sure which way we should go. You know, I think there are some pretty obvious things that we need to look at. Um, Recently, it's just been on my heart to share with you guys, for guys and girls alike, your marriage needs to be something where you are planting good seeds. It's not enough just to say, I do at the altar, say some nice things, and then never work on that relationship. You know, sometimes kids, we have kids and the kids kind of come in and we become parents and we stop, we stop dating each other. We stop, we live in the same house, but we stop trying to be with our wife or our wife be with the husband, vice versa. What are you planting in that relationship? That's, that's top priority. Um, if, you've, if you've been married or thinking about getting married, in God's eyes, that is a top priority. So what are you planting? Um, is it good things? Or are you planting some negative ne- negativity? Are you always harping? Are you always whining? Are you always trying to get away from your, your spouse and get out in the woods? You know, um, I'm guilty of that. I'm very guilty of that. And I want to do a better job. What are you planting in your kids' lives? Uh, are you are you sowing seeds of encouragement? Are you telling them that you know you you care for them, or are you kind of hypercritical and worried about how they perform at sports? Are you always dogging them, always ripping on them? What kind of encouragement are they getting, and are you leading them to good things like the Lord? Are you taking them to church and and giving them that experience where they are learning more about God each week? Um, you know, we have all other places in our lives, and I don't have to go on. Your workplace, your neighborhood, your community. What seeds are you sowing in each of those places? Are, are there any bad seeds that you need to get rid of? <laughs> you don't want that bad seed that's full of weeds to, to you know, sprout up and choke the life out of everything else. Um, I say all that because I've witnessed some people recently go through divorces, go through extremely hard challenges in their lives, and some of that they can't control, but there is probably some of that that maybe they could have. Um, And it just makes me take warning and and take thought like, okay, what am I sowing? Because I am going to reap what I sow. So I hope that that is some encouragement to you. I hope that that is a challenge to you to think about those things. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming back for another episode. I really hope uh, that you enjoyed it. I hope that you come back next week. And until then, I want to encourage you to shed the light.